But um, that is something that I go to every month. There's a bunch of us pastors that are becoming friends, and we gather the, the third Thursdays of every month, and we spend time together. And, and last month, Harold Saunders, this one fella, he started talking about um, his life and his early life with his wife and one of his earliest memories as a husband and a wife. And it was really a, a cute story. And, um, and it was just along the lines of today's topic. Today's topic is, is on uncommon purity. Everybody say purity. Purity. Uh, oh, purity. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of makes you a little nervous to say. And, and, um, and that's all right. That's all right. And so Howard begins to tell the story. And he said, Guys, listen, he goes, I had this wedding where my wife and I, we were the college pastors at a church, and our college group was huge, and we get ready to have the wedding, and um, you know, there was only so many people we could invite. He said, 200 extra guests show up uninvited. Now, when I say that, Zachary and Adelie, their, their hearts just got tense right there, okay? And y'all not have tense hearts, because daddy's paying for it, okay? So... But the truth of the matter is, the venue they picked, only 200 people can be in it. So imagine that. So I don't know how big this venue was, but he said 200 people had shown up at the venue, and, um, and that day, God's presence fell. He said it was one of those things where they, as a couple, had always prioritized God in their life. They'd always made a decision to walk pure. They had a desire that at their wedding, that the gospel would be preached. Amen? Is that all right if we preach the gospel at your wedding, Adelaide? She's like, I don't, I don't know, whatever Pastor Marvin wants to do. And, uh, but, 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 but with that, <laughs> um, the gospel was proclaimed. And check this out. They had an old-fashioned altar call, and 50 people came forward to get saved. In other words, they had church up in there. That was awesome. And so Howard begins to tell the story, and he's like, man, there was just such a, a move of the Holy Spirit. You could just tell something was going on. It was just this, this flow of God. And he said, that night we get back to the hotel room, and I can't remember which hotel it was here in Atlanta, but it was on one of the top floors, a nice honeymoon suite. And he said, we thought to ourselves, we are nervous. And I get that. So we're going to pray together. And so he said, we started praying. And he said, we started weeping. Listen, he goes, the power of the Holy Spirit started coming down upon us. And he said, we started weeping. He goes, my girl, she's crying. She ends up falling out under the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now when I said that, some of you are like, what? God touched her in such a way that she couldn't stand. Okay, why is that possible? Because God can do whatever God wants to do. Amen. So God touches my wife, he says. She falls out in the floor and she begins to weep and weep and weep. And he's like, I'm watching this like, okay, well, I don't know how long this is going to be. He said, next thing you know, she starts crying and then she starts laughing. Now she's laughing under the power of the Holy Spirit and she's laughing and laughing. And he's like, okay, we've been waiting a long time. You guys, he tells us the story. He goes, seven hours, seven hours, shout seven hours. Can you imagine this young husband? They've done everything they're supposed to do right. And in the moment, God's like, mm -mm, no, no, no. I'm just going to touch her a little bit over here. Just let, let, let the Lord just do something in her heart. And so he's like, seven hours, guys. And he said, he's just thinking, oh, my gosh, please, Jesus, Lord. And so he said, in the moment of that, the Lord spoke to his heart and said, remember, she is mine. Mm. That's what it's about, guys. 
This idea of walking in purity in our lives, it's not because God is some cosmic killjoy. It's not because he doesn't want you to have no fun. It's not because he, 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 he doesn't understand the times, you know, because that's just not how we are these days. These days, this is how we do it. I know what scripture says, but these days, and God, you're just a little out of touch. You are the ancient of days. You're getting up there a little. No, no, no. God doesn't do it because of that. He does these things. He gives us a, a mandate of purity. Why? Because we are his first. Amen? And God spoke to that young husband and said, remember, she is mine. And he said, as he's meditating on that, he's thinking, if I can always remember, she's his first. I'll always treat her right. If, if I can always remember. So as she's there under the presence of the Lord, God is giving a lesson to this, this young man who would become a, a lead pastor someday in priority and what it looks like. And man, that's what it's about. This idea of an uncommon purity. We as the church, if anybody, we ought to be embracing an uncommon purity in our lives. Amen. And it's not easy. Why? Because naturally, everything within us goes the opposite direction of purity. That's just humanity. It's the flaw that has come all the way from the Adamic you know, nature that we have. But Jesus has come to redeem that. We have a new Adam, the scripture says. And Jesus has come to set us free from that so that we can walk in the purity that he in fashions for us. Now, here's the thing about this. The last few months, maybe a month and a half, we've been looking at the book of Daniel, and we've been examining our lives according to um, the comparison of the four Hebrew young men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. We've been calling them by their Hebrew names, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and Daniel. And so we've been looking at this, and, and for you all, I don't know about you, but for me, there's a lot of things I feel like I've come up short when it comes to trying to live my life in my Babylon. This is our Babylon, the world that we live in. And there's so much about this world that we live in that would cause us to not live uncommon in the area of purity. It's just very difficult. But thank God the word tells us that his spirit lives within us and he has overcome the world. Amen? And so we've been looking at these fellows and these guys, these men, they refuse to be defiled. They had drawn a line in the sand and they chose to embrace a God-mandated call to live differently, a call to live uncommon. And I believe that's the call that should be upon us as Christ followers. Now listen, if you're a guest with us or if you're somebody that's been here for a while and you're kicking the tires on faith, you're not so sure about this Jesus stuff, man, I hope today you get something out of this because the creator of your life, he has intentions for you. And he wants to bless you up, not mess you up. Amen? He's got so many things he wants to bring and so much he has in store for you. And, and if this is something where you're like, oh, but I don't know if I believe in the word. That's all right. Practice it. All right? Fake it till you make it. It's crazy. I'm just going to, listen, you apply some of these spiritual principles and then just say to God, God, make yourself known to me. And guess what? If he's fake, you wasted a few months. Amen? If he's real, when he changes your life, come back and thank me. Amen? Just, just a little. Not so much credit, but just, Pastor, you were right. And when I said, God, I'm going to live these principles even if I don't understand them, and I'm going to ask you every day to make yourself known to me, guess what? My relationship started getting better. Guess what? My, 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 my view of life started getting better. They're, wow, the principles of God work. Yes, they do. Amen? And so God has challenged us and called us to live by a different set of principles. And the whole book of Daniel, we've been looking at these four gentlemen, and their whole heart 
is not to go by the way of the king, not to go by the way of the culture, but to be counterculture and to live up to the mandate, the call to live different, the call to live an uncommon life that was presented to them by Jehovah God, by God, amen? And so that's what we've been chasing down the last few weeks, is just watching how through his eyes in different ways, draw this line. And I believe as a church, we're going through a season of more. And as a church this year, there's an uncommon spirit that's rising up within us. I believe it's drawing from, from God into our lives, and it's an invitation from God as he draws us to live life differently from our societal norms. Amen? And this is some tough word today. But you know what? Before we ever build that building out here next year, we need some footers spiritually. Amen? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds will come when that building builds. It just, that's just how life is. Amen? But I want to be sure this footer is strong to support what God wants to do. Amen? It'd be horrible to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds have come to the neglect of y'all. Amen? Can you handle the word? Say, so I can handle it, Pastor. Say, so preach, Pastor. Amen. I've come ready, I'm telling you. I just want you guys to have that heart, that mindset that God is calling us to be separate, to, to separate ourselves. Not isolate, but to live in the world, but not of it. To live in such a way that it fosters this sense that I am his. That he would look and say, that's my son. I recognize that, God. I'm yours. And I'm going to live differently because I am yours. Amen? Amen? And so I believe that God is calling you in this house to be set apart from those who are satisfied with a faith that is just fashionable. I believe that God is calling those in this house who's not going to be satisfied holding on to beliefs that are barely believable. I, I really believe that there's people in this room, and I need you all to make some noise today if it's you, all right, because y'all are just way too quiet up in here. Some people in here who will treat God not as an accessory, Amen. 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 I believe there's the people that won't treat him as an accessory. And also the people in this room will not treat his word as a suggestion. Amen. Is that us? Amen. Is that you? If it is, give God some praise. Amen. Woo! Yeah, he sets us apart for a reason, for a purpose. And I believe he's wanting to set us apart this year. It's just we can't walk in more if we don't embrace that he's setting us apart. I don't believe we'll experience all that God has for us if we don't understand what it looks like to answer the call to live life differently. I mean, God's always set his people apart. That's just what he does. From the dawn of time when he put a special gift, if you will, upon the Jewish nation, upon the people of Israel, when he began to move them and speak to them and reveal himself to them, they've always been that. And, and now today he speaks to you as his own child as well. He's always wanted us to be set apart. I don't know why we fight so hard to be like everyone else. Amen? Well, I don't know why the church, why we worry so much about what everybody else in the world thinks. I mean, God's always been trying to set us apart for something for him. Amen? And so in Numbers 33, verse 53, look what it says. It says, you shall take possession of the land, and you shall possess in it. God's giving this land to them, for I have given the land to you to possess it. Now, these young men, by the time these young men are around, they know this story. They know how God gave them that promised land to walk in. They've, they've experienced that, and they have come to a place where they realize that time and time again, the people of Israel had not separated themselves to God, and now judgment has come upon the nation, and with that, they have been exiled to Babylon. This 
story is not lost. This whole scenario is not lost on these young people in Babylon. Their national history. They can see time and time again how compromise had crept in and God's best was forfeited and their way became difficult. Listen to that again. They saw how compromise had crept in. God's best was forfeited and their way became difficult. Well, I can't believe it. It's the church's fault. Why well, can't believe it? It's, it's religion's fault. Why well, can't believe it? It's the preacher's fault. Why well, can't believe it? It's my praying mama's fault. She prayed too hard and drug me to church, so I'm not going to go to church because I had a drug problem, you know? They drug me to church every time the doors were open, you know? Just when it comes down to it, everything else. No, 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 no. Listen, this idea that, that, that we compromise, things creep in. And when that happens, we forfeit God's best. God has an intention. Did God not have an intention for Adam and Eve? The Bible says for them to have dominion, to possess, to subdue the land. That's power. That's authority. Thank God through that second Adam, through Jesus, we've been given that power and that authority again. Amen? Or we can allow the lack of purity in our life to rob us from the power of God. Well, hold on, I thought God's just all full of grace and he just pours out everything he wants to pour out to everybody anytime, all the time, no matter what you do. No, I'm not saying this is a salvation issue, but I don't want to just be saved. I don't want just fire insurance. I want the power of a living God to be on the inside of me. I want the power of a living God to be in this house, amen? And with that, that takes us who are believers to be responsible and say, God, I'm not gonna forfeit anything. Nothing is worth being at your feet. Nothing is worth hearing your voice say, that's not the way to go, son. That's not the way to go, daughter. Yes, sir. Help me in this because I'm weak. All right, son, I'll help you. Man, I'm not talking about being perfect. Amen? There's no one perfect. One perfect ever, and they killed him. Right? They didn't keep him. Three days later, he rose. There's no one. I'm not saying we're perfect. But I'm just saying that passion, that heart, God, I want to live separate. I can remember as a little boy in church just feeling like the tension of the Holy Spirit and almost feeling like I was going to be so jaded by this world that I could still feel the presence of God. I could still feel that sweet, convicting power. I'd be 12, 13, and 14 years old just, oh, God, I'm undone. You know why? Because I was 12, 13, and 14. All of them are undone at that age, Right? And it wasn't a sense of condemnation. It was a sense of conviction. And God, if apart from you, what will I do? And when I was 13, praying in my bedroom, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And, and when he came upon me, I began to speak in tongues that were not my own. I wasn't faking nothing. I was 13 years old. The Holy Spirit just started pouring into my heart. And I was so messed up. My early years were so messed up. God just started pouring his power through me, and I, I began to realize at that age that I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to forfeit what God has for me if I can just walk after his spirit. Didn't really realize what was going on that night, but it was just God saying like he did for Howard's wife, that's my son. Remember, that's my son. For you, maybe remember, that's my daughter. That's what purity is about. It's not... So we can be sanctimonious. It's not so that we can be holier than thou. It's, there ought to better be a brokenness to our purity. Amen? Brokenness and undoing that God without you, man, I'll be so messed up. But with you, I can accomplish all things because greater are you and me than you, anything in this world. Amen? And so the sense of uncommon 
purity. These young men, they, they knew the story. They seen in the nation that they grew up in time and time again how this plays out. Just like us, we've seen in our nation time and time again, walking away from the principles of God never works long, does it? Yet we do it so often, so often. We just run wholeheartedly away from the purity, the thing that God's calling us to. And we just, we just put our foot in this stuff. We just go after it. Let me just see what this is going to be like. And it cost us more than we wanted it to cost us. This morning I had a friend who shared with me after church, just, just barely put his foot out there, just testing the waters. It's costing him more than he ever thought it was going to cost him. It's not worth it. I don't, I don't know what he's going through exactly, but I know what I've gone through. I, I know what people in this room you may be struggling with. And man, I don't want us to forfeit God's best because we won't pursue purity in him. Amen? We won't pursue his, his way, this sense of uncommon purity. I'm going to tell you, things haven't changed today much, anything different than it was in the time of Babylon, than the time of, 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 of the failure that we see here with the Israelites. Things haven't changed. It's the human condition. It's the human heart. But here's the thing you have to understand. The way of the transfer, that word transfer is hard. That's what the scripture says. The way of the transgressor is hard. And you hear that word transgressor and it sounds so old school. You're a transgressor. Ooh, you transgressor. I'll tell you who was transgressing. Arden Rose. She was transgressing last night. Oh my gosh. Amy goes and does her thing and I'm home alone with the kids, the two littles. And, um, and Mac wasn't too bad. But Arden Rose, four years old, I mean, I'm telling you, those kids, they got cuter and cuter and meaner and meaner all the way down. And last night, the devil was inside your sister, Adelie, I'm telling you. And I just, I looked at her as she was just being what she was being, and I'm like, transgressor! No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I felt it in my spirit, but I didn't say it. I, just, I mean, Lord, it's in our nature. But the way of the transgressor is hard, and so is daddy's hand, okay? Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she, her little eyes, I don't think she's ever really been spanked like that. You know, I mean, I gave her a good one, and she, she's like, daddy meant business. You know, you could see it. And um, to, to, yeah, all right. <clears throat> but the way of the transgressor is hard. All a transgression is is just the idea that this is the way we go, but we choose to go the other direction. We, we, we transgress. We're, not, we're, we're moving against the plan. We're not moving with the plan. It's not just regression. It's just transgression. We're just moving against the plan. And God has a plan, amen? That plan, it never changes. I don't care what societal norms say. This is the plan, and it never changes. I don't care what community you gather and try to have a vote. This never changes. This is the plan, amen? That's, that's the plan. And so when it comes to this idea, that's the plan. If God's saying for purity in our hearts, what happens if we don't move with that plan? Well, listen, Numbers 33, verse 55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them who you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. Do you hear that? It says, if you don't drive out the inhabitants, they will trouble you. If you, everybody say you. It's easy to say you because you're pointing the finger. Everybody say me. Let's say I. If I don't drive out 
the inhabitants of the land. They will be there to trouble me. The way of the transgressor is hard. There's trouble that comes when I don't drive out those things in my life that God says should not be in my life. And a lot of times we go through things like that and we'll look at it's everybody else's fault but our own self, but this is putting the responsibility back on us. If you don't drive out the inhabitants, they will trouble you in the land that you dwell. Listen, what are you connected to? There's some things in our lives that we need to drive out. And I'm gonna call those things the things we're connected to, okay? There's things in our life that we go, I know I'm connected to that, but it is beyond or or below, it's beneath. It's not according to the purity that God would want me to live. It's not according to what the word would say. But I'm connected to that. It might be a relationship. It might be a habit that you're walking unrepentant of. You know, I don't know what it might look like, but it could be one of a number of things, you know? And here's what we do in our world today. We do a couple things. One, we'll say things like this. We'll say, well, the things have changed. The world has changed. That's an archaic book that we can't truly live after. I mean, it's just, it's not even supposed to be tried to be lived after. And so we just make up kind of our rules as we go as pleasing to ourselves, okay? The, the other thing that we do that I think is really detrimental is we'll say things like this. I just don't feel convicted in that. Like, that, I don't, that doesn't make me feel wrong at all. I, yeah, I can do that, and I don't feel convicted. I don't feel, I don't feel like, it. listen, we can't go on our feelings when it's black and white in the Word. You know what I mean? We, and the reason why is because a heart that has waxed cold will not feel the conviction of the Lord. Okay? Conviction is sweet. I'm not saying condemnation. I'm saying conviction. That, hey, you missed it. Like with that, that 12, 13-year-old heart where God's like, oh, you missed it, but I got so much more for you, son. Just lean into me. So, so waxing cold, it's an old King James word to wax cold. Imagine a string that you dip down in hot wax and you bring it up. Now you have a little coating on that string, right? Well, I just don't feel like it's that big a deal. Maybe the first time you did. You know, that first time that you started to have that dalliance with that old schoolmate, on Facebook. It's, it's, it's just harmless, you know? I just want to see how, how tore up her face got. That's all. I just wanted to go see. That's all. You dip it in. Oh, her face isn't tore up at all. Kind of curious. Hmm. I wonder if she still has that same kind of personality. Dip it in. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a little string that you just keep dipping, and as it dips, that wax starts to form to now there's insulation, and yeah, you don't feel the conviction that you want felt. Does that make sense? You know, it's, it's just waxing cold, and, and man, it's a dangerous place for a Christian to get to a place where you say, I just don't feel convicted in that, but you open your eyes and you see it here, Right? At that point, you have to say to yourself, I don't care if I feel convicted by that or not. The word says that this is not the path for me as a believer. Amen? Does that make sense? And so I have a choice. I can be a, a practical atheist, you know, where, yeah, I believe, but I'm just not going to live it because I'm not acting like the things in there are truthful and living by them. Or I can say, you know what? I've got to change. I've got to lay this and submit this at the feet of Jesus. And I would venture to say that God wants us to do that. I would venture to say that these four men in Babylon, when they did that, and they said, I will not eat the king's food. I will not walk with the king's you know, concubines. I will not, whatever it was that they laid down, they said, I will not do because I'm going after Jehovah. I'm going after God. You know what? You saw blessings in their life. I told you already, man, the fourth man in the fire, Jesus shows up in the midst of that fiery furnace with those young men. 
You know, Jesus shuts the mouths, the angel of the Lord shuts the mouths of those lions and Daniel wasn't harmed. There's miracles, signs and wonders, interpretation of dreams, all amazing things. They didn't forfeit God's best, but they drew a line in the sand and they said, this is who God's called me to be. I will not allow myself to live less. I'm gonna need the help of the Holy Spirit, Amen. How many, be honest, there's been some sin in your life, I'm gonna be honest, sometime in your life, we'll say way back, that way everybody, that way everybody can just be real honest, way back, like way before you got real perfect, no. There's some sin in your life at one time where without the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no way you could have broke it, raise your hand. You see that, everybody, look, there's no condemnation here, we're not judging you, you got a room full of sinners, you know, you do. But as people that's not satisfied in their sin, People that come in this house that go, hey, I'm thankful that I can come as I am here, but I'm not going to stay as I came. Amen? From the top to the bottom, myself included, Lord, I thank you. I'm not who I was 10, 11, 12 years ago, but I ain't who I'm going to be five years from now. <laughs> God is doing a work in my heart. Well, watch what it continues to say here. It says, um, 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 it says that if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain, they'll be like barbs in your eyes. There'll be pain that will come from that. Daniel refused to allow himself to walk any way but in purity with his God. They couldn't even find a single fault in him, the Bible says. You know, so with that, he allowed himself to be connected only to God, nothing else. He allowed himself only to honor God. He didn't honor anything else but God and God's word over his life. And that's the challenge I believe that we need as well. And so that challenge to walk pure, it usually manifests itself in different relationships that we have, you know. And so what are some of those things you're connected to? What are some of those relationships that you're connected to that have like their strongest hold on you? What do you link yourself to that you know is outside God's best for your life? Maybe there's some people and you're trying to be evangelistic and I get it, all right? I'm not saying that we're isolationists. We should be connected to the lost, amen? I enjoy being around the lost. I had a friend one time at the pool tell me, you know what? It's okay, Ross. I'm real comfortable around Christians. And I said to him, I said, well, that's cool because I'm comfortable around heathens, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we became fast friends, you know, and fast buddies. But no, we shouldn't be isolationists, but there are some that whenever you're with them, you can't walk out purity. That whenever you're with them, they pull you down rather than help you rise up. That when you're with them, you, whatever that might be, it may be the purity of the mouth. You, you become a gossip when you're with them, you know. It might be the purity of the heart, and you become so full of materialism with you, when you're with them. It may be lust, you know, and you just can't keep your hands to yourself when you're with it. It's just, it's one of those situations where it's very difficult with that person to be able to walk after purity. But listen, here's what it says. It puts the responsibility back on us. If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain, you see that? Can I just say it's not God's fault? Amen? It's nobody else's fault. When we struggle to walk in purity, we have to say, okay, God, it's us. Because you've given me an invitation to come to you and allow your presence to work in my life and to give me that strength. And so I'm going to come to you, and it's my place to drive out the inhabitants. It's my place if I let them remain or not. And so destroy the inhabitants. That sounds just like a great line in a movie, you know? Destroy the inhabitants. Amen? You guys want to say it. I know you do. Ready? One, two, three. It's not geeky enough. 
you need to be real like, like, like almost, um, I'm picturing like this gothic like sci-fi, kind of like a mix, a hybrid, kind of steampunk versus destroy the inhabitant. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, I, I could see it in my head. Leather, top hat, you know. Um, Sam Phillips, where are you? I could see Sam in this movie. I can. Sam's the only kid here today in a kilt. I love Sam. He's here somewhere, maybe he's serving somewhere. I saw him earlier, you know. I'm just jealous I don't have those legs, you know. So, but the idea of destroying the inhabitants, those things that try to habitate, that try to take up residence in our life. That's what a habitant is. They try to take up residence, and God tells us those things, we're to take every one of those thoughts, every one of those things, and we're to take them captive, and we're to destroy them. Those things that try to raise up against the things of God, the Bible calls them vain imaginations. Those things that try to raise up, no, no, we're to destroy those things and tear down those vain imaginations, amen? And when you start to make up your mind that you're going to go after God, listen, there are some things that just aren't going to make it as you walk forward, period. There's some relationships that just aren't going to make it as you walk forward. There are some things you just can't stay connected to as you begin to walk forward, period. If you want to pursue uncommon purity in your life, it's going to change your life. And I'll give you an example. Five years ago, this Father's Day coming, all right? I am, I'm right here, not this church. It was our building, but it was the old building, okay? This is Numo. The old one is Nomo, because it's Nomo. That's how we differentiate. So I was at Nomo, and it was on Father's Day, and I found myself at an altar on Father's Day, right here, just weeping my eyes out. And what was that from? Well, Thursday night, I was watching Netflix, and my wife comes in. She goes, hey, what you watching? And I just said it so casually, so passively. I just didn't even think nothing about it. I said, I'm watching some Sopranos. And she's like, Sopranos? Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. I mean, I, she's like, well, what rating is it? I'm like, it's rated R, you know? And she's like, okay. I mean, I'm just going to say what she said. She goes, are there any boobies in it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> might be one or two. <laughs> no, but she says that. And I, literally, my answer was, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's what my answer was. And I was genuinely saying, I don't know. And she goes, what do you mean you don't know? You watch it? I mean, like, what episode you're on? Last one of the first season. <laughs> and you don't know if there's any nudity? I mean, I'm sure there is. I just, I, I, I just haven't really been aware of it. I'm just not really watching it for that. It's the storyline I'm really into. So I tell her. And here's what she says to me. She says, you should know. <laughs> you, should, you should realize what you're watching. You should know. And if you're not feeling some sort of conviction, something's going on there, Ross, you know? And, and, and so here's the thing. We begin to talk about it. And I started realizing that I hadn't drawn a line in the sand in that. I had not drawn the line and had crept over that line over and over to the point where I just literally didn't think I, I didn't even know if I was seeing anything or not. Just being honest. I allowed myself to become connected to somebody's wife, not my wife, but I don't know. So Amy goes, well, let's get out the, um, the, the review. There's a review thing. You can go on site and look up, you know, safe reviews. And so let's go look at the, so we did. And guess what? Just about pert near, as my grandma would say, pert near, every episode said nudity. I, did, I literally, God is my witness, I didn't realize that. I just, it was just one of those things where it just had become commonplace. 
man, my wife, she challenged me. And so I had allowed myself to become connected to that. Pastor, did you have a porn addiction? Not yet. Amen? Stuff like that, that passivity, that leads to stuff. Amen? Men, it leads to stuff. All right? And so, no, the thing with it was, I wasn't addicted to porn, but a passivity had been formed in my heart towards those things that I should not be seeing. And man, on Father's Day, that was it. We talked that night, Thursday night, and the weekend didn't give it too much more thought. And on Father's Day, during worship, I can't remember what was wor- we were worshiping about, what the, the lyrics were, but it hit my heart, and I went to that altar and wept like a baby. Just felt so undone. God, I want that purity back in my heart. God, I want to feel that tinge of, this isn't right. This is undone. This is outside your best. I just laid at that altar, wept my eyes out, and made a covenant with my eyes to walk pure in those choices of, of movies and such, all right? And I don't think it's an accident. You ready for this? I don't think it's an accident. That was on that, that June, that Father's Day, and that August, God started growing this church like you could not imagine. By fall, it kept growing. By February, we went to three services. In February, we announced this property, and we moved into this property. Amen? Guys, I don't think it was an accident. I don't believe if God wouldn't, if I would not allow my wife and God, and sometimes I get confused on which one's which. (laughs) If I wouldn't allow them to have a work in my heart that weekend, I don't know what God, I don't know what could have happened in the next year. I just don't. Amen? But I really feel, looking in hindsight, that I didn't forfeit God's best for my life, and I didn't forfeit God's best for this house because I made a commitment to walk in purity that day. Has that commitment been challenged? Yes. I still haven't seen the last step, but I think they were on a boat. If anybody knows what happened, I'd like to at least know just the story of the last episode of that. It's been years, and I, I think they were on a boat, last I remembered. They were probably killing somebody and throwing them over the bow is my guess, but... So if somebody wants to tell me later, I'll be in the next steps room. I just, just, I have always wondered. But that was one of those things, man, how to cut that out. Just, just can't be a part of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's an accident as a church. If God puts on our heart a mandate to build this foundation of purity, it's going to serve us people. It's going to serve our youth. It's going to serve our young marrieds. It's going to serve our young singles. It's going to serve the next generation. And not a purity that's pious and self-righteous, a purity that's broken. Amen? A purity that's humble. A purity that's like, God, without your help, I can't, I can't have that victory. Amen? If you can't tell, your pastor really hates self-righteousness, okay? Really hate it. Not, like, not, not, not that kind of purity. I'm talking about real purity worked out on your knees. Real purity worked out where you're going to God in relationship saying, God, my connection to you is more important than any connection I have with anything else. A purity that works itself out where, God, your word is more important. And I elevate it above my life. And I choose to get underneath that. Amen? That's good preaching. Say, that's good preaching. That's good. Yeah, so I do. I believe God used that to make a huge difference. And I just want to finish with this. Our issues that we have, they're, they're old as mankind. It's nothing new that we struggle. God's people, upon possessing the promised land, they did not drive out the inhabitants, and they mingled with them, and they embraced the idolatry of those who lived in Canaan. Those young men, they knew 
those young men, those young Israelites, they knew they should chase young Jewish ladies. But the draw for something foreign proved too much too often. And we can see all these years later the intermingling of happening, you know, with the profane, with the world. And, and I had a friend in Ohio. He used to say it this way. He's like, Ross, he said, I know I'm supposed to marry me a Christian girl. I know that. I know that. He said, it's kind of like this. He goes, man, I want to marry a girl with a Hebrew heart, but that Philistine butt looks good. <laughs> That's what he said. His name was Fred Fowdy. He's since went to heaven, you know. And, um, but, man, it's, it's that, that draw for the profane. It's that draw for what you're not supposed to walk after, you know. <laughs> you let the cat out of the bag. So one little Jewish guy, he says, man, I need me a Hebrew Harriet. But, you know, then he's thinking to himself, yeah, but a freaky Philistina wouldn't be too bad, too. <laughs> that, that's funny. That's funny. That's... <laughs> Nothing's ever funny when you just ride it out, you know what I'm saying? But, but no, it's that hard. We all have that, you know? I guess what I'm trying to say, when it comes to purity and sexuality, listen, stay true to your Jew, Okay. What do you mean by that? Stay true to your Jew. God had a plan and a purpose and said, boys, this is what you're supposed to go after. And they went after the profane. God still has a plan and a purpose and says to each of us, stay true to your Jew. Listen, go after what I've told you to go after, and you'll walk in what I have for you. You don't, you're going to forfeit my best. So one of the most difficult areas to give to God completely so that we can experience being connected to God fully is in the area of sex. It's in that area of, of sex, lust of the eyes, desires of the flesh. It's important that we run deeper when we are struggling with that into that relationship with God. When we're struggling, don't let that thing run you away from God. Let it run you deeper into a relationship with God when you're dealing with this stuff, not further away. The more that we allow ourselves to connect with foreign things, okay, things outside of God's best, the more those things become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. And the word says... That, that they will cause you to have trouble in the land where you dwell. I got to thinking about this idea of a path and that idea of a transgressor. You're going down the path. Where are the barbs and the thorns? Are they in the path? No. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Man, there's no barbs and thorns in the path. The barbs and thorns are outside the path. They're when we go divergent. It's when we say, hey, I don't care. I'm going to transgress. I'm going to move away from the path. Now we have something sticking in our eye. Now we have a barb that's sticking us. Now we have a pain in the side, a thorn in the side. And man, I got to thinking about that between the services. And what the Lord just laid in my heart was this. Some of the sexual sins that you move into, especially married men, listen, you were putting a pain in your wife's side. Where was she formed? She comes from you. It's bone of bone, flesh of flesh, your rib, her rib, side of you, beside of you, right there. Not by your feet, because it wasn't God's intention for you to stomp all over your wife. Not from your head, because it's not God's intention for man to lord over a woman. But, but right there at the side, where she can own your love. Right there at the side, where she can receive your protection. Right there at the side, where you walk as, as co-equals through life. And I got to thinking about that. Man, a thorn in the side. That hurt my wife that Thursday night. When she thought that that show was something that I was lusting after, it hurt her. I put a hurt in her side. Does that make sense? It just crushed my heart. Between the services, I got to think about that. Lord, I don't want to hurt my wife. And it says here that this trouble you will have in the land where you dwell. In other words, they were supposed to dispel this, these inhabitants out of that land. They didn't, so they had to deal with it. That's the only bad thing about sexual sin. You can sin against God, he forgives you. You can sin against man, they can forgive you. But the Bible teaches that sexual sin is a sin against yourself. 
It's something you deal with in the land where you dwell. It's, it's a nagging persistence. There's things I saw as a 10 and 11-year-old boy at a neighbor's house that I can conjure in my mind right now, a nagging persistence. Does that make sense? And I say that, and when I say it, there's relationships you're thinking of right now, nagging persistence. It's just it's a sin against yourself. Now, listen, God redeems that. But I'm just saying, that's one of those, that's one of those hardships. It's the barb. It's the, it's the, 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 the thorns that come from not walking after what God has for us. After those foreign things that we go after, those foreign inhabitants. One of the words for foreign is this, profane, profane. And guess what? As humans, we are prone to chase the profane. And it's always a battle. Let's stand to our feet. It's always a battle in our lives between the profane and the pure. It's always a battle walking outside of God's best and in line with God's best. We've got to fight our tendency to move in the things of the purity of God. It's hard. We find ourselves wanting to connect with God's plan, but man, our passions and our desires, they draw us so easily. We've got to submit those passions and desires to the purity of God. It's so difficult. We've got to connect with God's plan when it comes to sexuality. Amen? And I want to read this. God's plan, what is that? Can I just be open and bold? I think you need to know. Let me just say it this way. Sex is to be between a man and a woman, a man and a woman, a man and a woman who have committed themselves to each other as man and wife. Not, well, I'm married to her in my heart. I'm married to her in my heart. No, it's between a man and a woman who have committed themselves to each other as man and wife and all their sexual pursuits are to be wrapped up in that relationship and in their pursuit of each other. Amen? Now listen, me just saying that means there will be some people in this room today that will not come back and that breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart. But I cannot speak anything that the word doesn't say. Now, I say that with love. I say that with a ton of acceptance. But you ask Ross, are you affirming? And I will say this, I will accept and love you with everything I have. But I cannot accept lifestyles that are against the will of God, against the word of God. It doesn't matter what that lifestyle is. If you come to me as an alcoholic, we're gonna love you and help you. But I'm not gonna tell you, man, I accept that. I accept that. Go for it. You know, or I affirm that. Man, I'm glad for you. You know, it breaks my heart. And I've had friends that were here that, that left because they, they, they said to me, you know, hey, I need you to be affirming of my decisions or of my family's decisions, and I can't be in a house that's not affirming. And they say, I know you're accepting. I know how you treat my loved ones when you're with them, and you always hug their neck. You're always kind, but I can't be here anymore, and they're not. But I'll tell you right now, when that person got cancer six months ago, where do they come to get prayed for? 659 Arnold Mill Road. And you all laid hands on him. And you know what? That man doesn't have cancer today. Now, I don't understand why some folk do and some folk don't get healed. I, I still don't get that. Some of my best friends, I still am full of acceptance. Amen? This is a house full of acceptance and full of love. Amen? And I will not be labeled a hater just because I'm going to hold on to something that people have been holding on for years and years and years. We can't change this. But we sure can love people deeply. And man, I love that man. We prayed for that man. Another friend shows up in the foyer a few years ago, just broken. Relationship after relationship left her undone and undone and undone. And she comes to the foyer, and I come out of the office, and what's going on, sweetie? And she's like, man, I haven't been here in two years. I just need to go into the sanctuary and pray. 
Come on, sweetheart. And we just come in and just, she just gave it to the Lord at the altar. Doesn't live in this state, but she was close and she just knew she had to get to the altar. Amen? So yeah, sin breaks my heart in all ways. And the reason why is because it always causes us to forfeit God's best for our life. I'm a sinner and there are things in my life I have forfeited God's best in my life. But that is what God's plan is for marriage between a man and a woman, committing themselves to each other as husband and wife, and keeping all that they have together with themselves together. Amen? Amen? And, um, and we will not apologize for that. And because it's a picture of the pure gift that God has for two people to enjoy. But from the dawn of time, the enemy of our heart has tried to profane things when it comes to sexuality. We're going to get into this some more in three weeks from now. Amen? Next week, I have a special series we're starting next two weeks. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. You don't want to miss next week. But I want to get back into this because I feel like we've left it undone. And I didn't do that on purpose. But I've got about three or four more things I really want to teach because God doesn't want us undone in this sexuality. Amen? He wants us to understand his heart for us. And, um, and, 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 and he has a plan. Amen? And so we're going to come back here on April 7th, and I'm going to finish Uncommon. I'm going to finish this series. Next week, you're going to show up, and we're going to honor some people next week. It's going to be a really neat day. i got a great word, two-week series. I can't wait to get into next Sunday. But I just I, I knew I couldn't rush through this today. And I really want to get to that place because God does. I'm going to say this. Scripture is profitable, the Bible says, for doctrine. That, that tells us how we're supposed to live, whether we like it or not. For reproof. That's kind of what we talked about today. That's, that's, hey, we're missing it. But God's a good daddy. He doesn't put you in the corner and reprove you and then just say go to bed without your dinner perpetually. No, no. It's also profitable for correction. Amen? And so here in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at how do we correct this in us, this, this flaw for the profane? How do we fix that? It's profitable for correction. Why? So that we can be haughty and look down our nose at people who are broken. If people, especially people, people who are struggling with sexual sins and identities and crises of, 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 of gender. Man, we have got to be there for people. Amen? We've got to be there and love on them. I'm just telling you, we cannot not be there to love on people deeply, you know? But the final thing, it's the image of Christ. That's what it says. It's profitable for the perfecting of the saints to the image of Christ so that we can look like Jesus. There's a lot of Christians I don't like, but I like Jesus. <laughs> Amen? I want to look like Jesus, and I want, I want us to look like Jesus. And how many know, if you have flaws and you've messed up anything we've talked about today, guess what? It's all right. You can still look like Jesus. His grace is good. He covers our sins. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're calling us to walk out uncommon lives of purity. Lord God, we can't do that without you. We can't faith it and fake it and just, oh, we can do it. No, Lord God, without your help through the Holy Spirit, we are so undone. I thank you that your blood covers every bit of our sins, and I thank you that your spirit empowers us to live the life that you've called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.com. Dot TV.